Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Y'all, I am so fired up that when I got on to record this podcast with Emily, I was like, I'm giving you no context. We're just jumping into this because I know you're going to have a lot to say about this when you hear about what's actually happening behind the scenes. This is another one of those episodes where she likes to put me on the spot in front of you guys where I know nothing and I'm expected to come up with responses on air. No. Okay. So for some context, you know, Emily and I started our business while I would say that we started it as like creative entrepreneurs and like designers and pursuing all of that, what we didn't realize we were doing at the time was influencing people, right? We started this blog, we were putting out content, and ultimately, a large portion of our business has become what I would call affiliate marketing, right? It makes up a big percentage of what we're doing. Now, here's the interesting thing. I have all this background, all this knowledge about what it's like to be an influencer in an affiliate kind of capacity. And I have made some pivots with my second brand to, you know, broaden the ways in which I'm bringing in income for the second brand. And part of that, and I know Emily is like, "Mm, I don't really like being an influencer, like, give me some free shit. But- it's not that I don't, well, no, I don't like it, but I'm also just not good. I'm the laziest influencer out there. <laughs> and it's not that you don't influence people. You influence people all the time. Like I know when you got into your new book series, Lord knows how oh, many influence books you sold. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. didn't send out your link. You didn't do anything, but you sold those fairy books like it was your job. Okay. <laughs> So and shower coffee. <laughs> oh, you're a shower coffee holder? Okay, guys. You know how many people I've sent that link to? <laughs> I really, really hope it's an affiliate link and not just a link to the product, but to each their own. You do what you want. Well, I would like to consider myself, while I 
in technical terms for the second business, just because of the size of my audience, I would be considered what's called a micro influencer. Now, I think there is unfortunately so many people out there that want to be influencers that they don't necessarily know all the things they need to be looking out for. And there is some alarming, like really scary things that brands are starting to include in their contracts. And micro influencers are agreeing to these things, I am assuming most of the time without having any idea what it actually means. And it could not only negatively impact your business, but it could destroy your online reputation if you do not pay attention to what is going on. Now, Emily, have you heard of whitelisting? No. Okay. So the first time I've heard of whitelisting was like when you look at actual software, okay? I just know it, I guess, in the terms of email where you're whitelisting emails so they show up. Right. Okay. So whitelisting would be like approving, right? In the email context. Now Uh in software, you will sometimes see it listed as you have the whitelisting ability, meaning you can take, remove the brand and have it be your brand that's on the thing. Now, I guess we've seen that when we've signed up for like different course platforms or email platforms or whatever. Like if you pay for a high enough plan, you can whitelist it. And have it be your brand. Right. Yeah. Now here's the thing. People like to use terms that sound okay when they're really dangerous because Mm -hmm. what whitelisting actually is in the influencer community is what they're now referring to as black advertising. So I guarantee you, you've seen this and just not understood why someone was a part of it or you're like, I don't get it, which is fine. And okay, I'll give you an example. And there's a ton of brands doing it now. You see a ad on your Facebook or Instagram primarily, mm-hmm. and the ad is for a specific product. It could be anything. It could be HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. It could be, I mean, literally anything you can buy, a mattress, I mean, whatever. But if you look in the corner, the ad is not coming from the brand that it's associated with. Okay. So like, say a blogger did a whole campaign around HelloFresh. They got HelloFresh. So I just got served an ad from Chris Loves Julia for a boomerang of her wearing Rothy's. Yes, exactly. That is whitelisting. Now she knew what was happening and she knew what she was agreeing to and she was paid appropriately. But so many people do not know what they're doing. And so what is happening is essentially what people are agreeing to, whether they realize it or not, when they agree to whitelisting, they are giving brands backend access to their entire Instagram and Facebook account. How? It's a built-in feature that Instagram and Facebook rolled out. I'll explain more. And on top of that, not only do they have the ability to get into your account, they can post as you without your approval. They can hide those posts from your feed. You don't even see them. You don't have the ability to moderate the commentary happening on these posts because that's technically on the brand side. It's not searchable. Like if you were to go, you know how they included the 
visibility thing on yeah. Facebook where you can like go to, you know, and you're like, see all the ads this brand is running. Yeah. It's not for some it's reason, not, in there. not included in that. And what they're doing and they're doing it to all influencers, but I see it specifically with these micro influencers who are excited about because brand they deals. Say yes, to they want to say yes, but what they're doing is they're taking the content and blowing it up with advertising mm-hmm. to make money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes spending ten, twenty, a hundred thousand dollars with your mm-hmm. name attached to it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that sounds great. Exposure, exposure, whatever. But when they click, they're going to it's the other brand's website. You. you just look like a model, maybe, if you're like yeah. showing. You're things. like all of a sudden a brand spokesperson. Mm-hmm. You are like hyping them up, right? Who's not getting paid. And you're not getting paid. That is the thing that's so scary is because people are going into these brand collaborations and they might be getting paid for a post or to right. post to stories, or maybe it's a big enough, you know, product, like enough in dollars right. of product that they're agreeing to post for free. Mm-hmm. But then like they're you got a free $4,000 couch right. if you post or something. Right. And if you're a micro influencer, the $4,000 couch might be more worth it to you than the half a day it takes you to photograph and create all the content. Yeah. But they're giving up this right Mm -hmm. and allowing brands to spam essentially not only their followers, but whoever they want with your brand attached to it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I find completely terrifying is because there's no moderation involved. I mean, not that a brand can't moderate. I think the brand who is running the ad has the right and ability sure. to moderate. But they're not going to maybe do it to your level of moderation, like what you might do. Exactly. Not only that, but like, if it's getting them sales, do they really care what people right. are saying? Right. Right. Because sometimes and there are things, and I mean, this has happened to us on very micro levels, but like, If, for instance, there is an accidental like spelling error in the copy or something is said kind of weird in the video or something is kind of assumed, the conversations take like a viral kind of effect in the comments. And as the brand, you either intended that to happen because you're really, really savvy and like you did it on purpose or like in every instance for us, it was on accident. And so the conversations are happening, but you don't care because it's engagement and it's not that harmful. And you're like, oh, fight about this in the comments. I don't care because you're just helping my ad perform better. But the scary thing is if you start actually paying attention to what is happening in some of these ads, I know the Rothy's example, Rothy's has a certain clientele and they're a savvy company and they're going to target the right kind of people. So that's going to help with some of the weirdness. But some of these brands like literally don't care as long as they're getting sales. And so I saw a couple recently, once I figured out that, because at first, my impression of what was happening, because I come from the affiliate world, my impression Uh was that they had an affiliate partnership set up. And so it was, they were getting paid enough that they chose to include advertising. Or there is a version of, what they're referring to as whitelisting that's technically not whitelisting. It's just 
boosting mm-hmm. where you were taking the original post that you guys agreed That's what to. I thought it was. Right. You're taking the original post that you agreed to, and then there's a set dollar amount and you're controlling the ad and it's actually on your page. And like, you're just boosting the original thing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's different. And you don't necessarily need to get compensated extra for that because they're just putting volume on the thing you already did. Yeah. But this is giving them rights to do whatever the hell they want. And if you're careful, if you're not careful, I saw some super hyper-sexualized comments, some like incredibly racist comments, like insane things happening on some of these posts like if you actually start paying attention I'm disgusted like it Mm -hmm. is so dangerous and so I actually recently joined Chris Loves Julia's good influencer program because I just felt like I was in the dark like I had all this experience over here but so much of it was similar but not enough applicable that I just didn't know enough and so It's not to say you can't agree to whitelisting, but you need to be compensated for it. Mm -hmm. And you need to be compensated on a specific time frame. Mm -hmm. So some of these people are just saying rights forever. Why would you give a brand rights forever to your, what if you five years? No, like that's crazy. Right. Well, I think this, like what we didn't touch on at the beginning, I know we've had an episode about influencing forever ago, but What I want to remind people is like, whatever your feelings about the word influencer, like, or not, like, Mm -hmm. if you start to think of these brands as content creators, as creative directors for this product, for this brand or for this service, that's what they are. And so people like Chris Loves Julia, who are creating this good influencer program are helping. And this is not, we're not affiliated with this program at all. But like, I love that the conversation is being had in the sense of like, You as a brand, no matter how big or small, if a bigger brand of a product wants to work with you in regards to creating content, think about all of the work that you are going to put into that. You Mm -hmm. become the creative director, the photographer for this, the stylist, the set designer. You play so many roles. And that's personally why I don't pursue it because I have literally no desire to make sure like there's not a bright enough spot in my house and I would have to rearrange this to get a good lighting. And I need a professional like camera to use this for, cause I want to give quality work, like all of this stuff for what? 500 bucks, like no fucking thank you. And previously, like not even talking about whitelisting, the game that's trying to be changed is if I create this, even one good photo for you or one set of stories for you for this product, Well, you just have like access to that forever when you paid me how much money when you would have paid literally tens of thousands of dollars for a marketing campaign to get that same content. Right. And that leads me to my next thing. But before I move on, I want to just specifically say, if you do see this and you're willing to negotiate for it, just like what I'm hearing from some of the bigger names so that you don't look ignorant, guys is that whatever your going rate is, you need to be charging 100% of your rate for every 30 days. So for one post, if you would be charging $300, and this is just an example, then you need to be charging on top of an additional $300 for every 30 days. But you know, at certain sizes, it might actually be a really bad idea because you're not getting compensated enough 
for it to actually be worth it. But the part you're bringing up is usage rights. Now, here's the thing. You're right. I got the most ridiculous request. And this is what people are seeing in contracts, guys. I saw, okay, let me find my post. Essentially, it was like, you're giving up in perpetuity worldwide access to and I like it went on and on and on essentially removing every copyright I would hold to any of the content I'm creating now here's the problem with okay like I get it and I have 100% been there where you're like okay I'm making pictures of right like I don't care I just want the free thing or whatever I want the free thing and Mm -hmm. like what does it matter because I'm not going to use this content in any other way Mm -hmm. but the problem is it matters to them it matters to them so what value does it hold to them Mm -hmm. and if for them to recreate this content they would have to hire a studio and a photographer and a stylist and a blah, blah 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 like what are you looking at you know I was seeing you know, some people are saying, you know, an average day rate mm-hmm. for a studio with like a photographer, like without it, basically anything else. It, yeah, you're no set at, design, no models, no additional props. You're looking at like $1,200. And, yeah. you know, we've done photo shoots before and that seems about accurate. So yep. for just a location and a photographer, you're 1200 deep. Mm-hmm. Like... If that's what it would cost them, then you need to be compensated. And if not, then you need to negotiate what the rights are. So it could be, you know, you do want exposure. Maybe they have hundreds of thousands of followers and you don't. You can suggest that the photographs or the video only be used on Instagram when you're tagged. And like they only have photo and editing rights on that platform. Mm -hmm. But if they want to use it in advertising on their website, on a billboard, whatever, then you would have to renegotiate your price, but you're limiting their usage so that it's not this insane. And this is why I really wish that people would stop like blowing off the conversation of influencers and just being like, oh, you know, you're wanting to be an influencer or you're influencing me or, oh, it's your affiliate link. This is a fucking job for a lot of people. And brands, especially predatory brands are taking advantage of influencers because you guys, how many times in like selling conversations have we told you, even in the digital space, What do you need to make more sales? No like, and trust. What do people get when you refer a product? No like, and trust. How many times do we tell you as a service provider that your number one leads are going to be hot, hot referrals? That's what you're doing when you're recommending these brands or these products. You're saying, I'm putting my personal opinion and beliefs behind this product. And if anyone knows you at all, or like thinks that they're like you or similar enough to you, they're going to take your opinion, even if they've never met you, really highly. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart.
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So for an example, you know, I hired someone to paint my house, which doesn't sound all that special, but I talked enough about the interior of my home, photographed pictures of my house, like put all of that out there. I paid this guy like a pretty penny and he did good work and I'm like a good person. So I'm not going to not tell people who I use, especially when they're local. But I kid you not, within six weeks, he's gotten tens of thousands of dollars worth of referral contracts. And I am a small ass account. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you're thinking about, I'm like, I know I did that with a painter and I literally didn't use his name or his business name. People literally just DM'd me about it. Imagine what would happen when you are specifically talking about a brand and you're using their name and you're backing them up and it could be so subtle. Like it might not even be immediate, but like you talk about something, it could be three months from now. This literally happened. So I bought a couch 
And I'm not even going to say the name brand on here because now I feel like we need to be talking if I'm going to keep talking about it, about how to pay me. So anyways, we bought a couch and the process of waiting for it and designing it just like took forever. So there was an instance where I had mentioned it in like literally June and we didn't get it until November. And so there were a huge gap in between. Well, once it finally came, oh, there were people checking in like, hey, has your couch gotten there yet? Hey, when is it here? Hey, what do you think? And there are people who saw me talk about it, who must have been shopping for a couch, who were really interested, who messaged me. And I know for a fact, two people, and these are just the two people I know for a fact, because they literally showed me their order confirmation, bought a couch because Mm -hmm. I talked about this brand and Mm -hmm. shared it. These couches start, like you're spending a minimum of like $1,500, minimum. And that's like maybe a chair. And you did that for free. I did it for free. So, and it's not to say like, there's like, there's obviously like good karma, you know? Right. right. And I don't care. Like, I'm not mad about it at all. Right. But it's just like, what's concerning to me is if influencers do not like back each other up and like share some of these insights and like talk about their pricing and talk about what it's worth, then brands are going to take advantage because yep. the problem and it, exactly the reason stuff like this is happening is because for a while on social, the only way a brand could make legitimate money was working with influencers yep. and they would pay a pretty penny. And then yep. Facebook rolled out advertising, Instagram rolled out advertising. Okay. Well now they're shifting gears and they're like, okay, we're going to put our dollars here. But the problem is a brand talking about themselves never works as well as someone right, else someone talking about a brand. Yep. And so Facebook and Instagram, which is one and the same, they know mm-hmm. this. And thus, they wanted a piece of the pie. And yep. so they are now letting brands amplify and they sell it to brands like it's an amazing thing which to them it is it is yeah but like here's the thing if they come to you and you say oh for all of these things you need to pay me multiple thousands of dollars every single month but then they come to me who doesn't know what whitelisting is or these rules and I'm going to say sure 300 bucks or for a free couch I'll do it They know that if one influencer is going to charge them, quote unquote, too much, they can go to the next one in line and not have to pay anything. Yeah. So you just need more people involved. Now, it's not to say that, you know, I have, I've heard some insight that it's not that people won't hear what your pricing is or they won't negotiate. Like if they want to work with you, they want to work with you and they'll hear you out. But there are, like you're saying, there are some brands that are preying on small accounts that don't know what's happening. And so they will just move on. And I mean, you know, it's probably a good sign that you don't work with them anyway, but like, well, and because here's the thing guys, like you might think like, well, why are big brands even wanting to work with small accounts when they could work with an account that has 50 K a hundred K, you know, millions of followers, it gets more expensive because that creator probably knows the value of her audience, but In general, even for her, it's more expensive for her to convert a higher percentage of her audience because it's so big, because it's so saturated. I wish you guys knew the immense conversion value of an account under 10K, truly, Uh Uh even under 5K, under 3K. 
The, because a brand will say, oh, you're so tiny. So we only pay influencers who have 50K, but here's how we can work with you. And you're going to believe it, but your conversion is higher than a bigger account. I've had under 4,000 for years and I did six figures plus in sales for one brand that wasn't mine. And like the only reason I'm kind of pivoting away and not that I'm like getting rid of it, but I started looking at what's my return on the sales and I'm not making a big enough piece of the pie to continue putting so much effort into that arena. Like in some cases, like I'm only making 10 to 15, sometimes even less. Sometimes it's like four to 8% some months. It just really, Mm -hmm. really, really depends because of their compensation structure. But it's like, four to eight percent of ten thousand dollars when if I were selling my own product I could make you know eighty percent or you know like it's just I just want you guys to be careful and know what you're getting into and yeah so the other piece because this is happening everywhere so I just want to like keep talking about some of the things you need to be paying attention to so the other thing that they're also just like sliding in there because here's the thing when they negotiate with you they are making it sound so sexy they're just talking they're talking about your deliverables and what you get in the beginning and it's usually not until you get the contract that you see some of these other things yeah and so they're not going to talk about that at the beginning and so you've already like mentally said yes or agreed on a rate and then you see this and you're like whoa 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 wait Yeah. So the other thing they're sneaking in there is exclusivity rights. So that means that you potentially, depending on their terms, are saying you will not work with any other related brands in XYZ categories for a specific amount of time. And, you know, sometimes that makes total sense. Like it would be a little ridiculous for you to get a new mattress for your bedroom and then talk about a different mattress company within 30 days. Like that's crazy. But like, except the instance where I could see that makes sense where someone even does it accidentally. So this is why you need to read these things is if you're getting the mattress or you're working with a brand for your main bedroom, and then maybe you get pregnant and you have a kid and you need to buy an infant mattress, but you're yeah. not going to buy it from them. Maybe they don't even sell them or maybe they do, but you don't like them. So you go with a different brand and you start talking about this one in that time frame, and something happens. Right. You know, think through that piece, mm-hmm. but then add on top of it that sometimes they're like sneaking in related categories right. that are just absolutely absurd. Like sheets with the mattress. Or- yeah. And it's like, okay, you sell sheets, but uh-huh. like... You're not right. It's not like designer sheets. We have a mattress brand. (laughs) This is going to be the, we've only mentioned like a couple brands. We need to start censoring our brand mentions. (laughs) We have a mattress from a brand. They also sell sheets, but it's like only one kind of sheet built for their mattress or whatever. And we don't use them. Right. So like, even if you negotiated a deal and they sent you like associated products, you might agree to exclusivity rights for a certain period of time for like their main product category. But I think it's a really bad idea to include it 
for similar a, a slew right. because right. you just don't know what could pop up right and in this particular case like most people have more than one bedroom or right. you know so it's not right. like you know you or one set of sheets <laughs> more than one set of sheets right exactly like it's not that weird no. like don't do it back to back like I mean don't be an idiot about it like you have to also protect your brand well you could like, be, like you could be doing a whole bedroom remodel and like talking about that so it, I could definitely see where it makes sense where you're talking about the mattress and sheets and then other accoutrements of the bed or right, the bedroom right. or whatever a hundred percent hundred percent. And so like some of these brands are including exclusivity up to a year. Woo-hoo! No, thank you. I so, don't even know what I'm going to do next month, let alone next year where your account is going to be. What other brand partner might want to work with you? Uh-uh. No, no, no. If you want and- me exclusive for a year, you need to pay me a year salary. Well, and that's what they're talking about is your use it or your exclusivity rights also need to reflect your rate. So for every 30 days, you also need to get paid X. And, you know, if it's a category that could impact. So for instance, like say you're a food blogger, um, you saying you're not going to work with other food brands would be that's silly. Ridiculous yeah. because obviously yeah. you're going to work with other food brands. So say you are okay with it. Like, you know, you get this massive brand deal with butcher box or whatever. Okay. If you're only going to talk about them for a certain period of time, they need to be paying you a pretty penny. Yes. yes. To say no to other things. Yes. So please pay attention to some of these things. And like I said, usually you're so far into the negotiation by the time you see this stuff that it's easy for you to be like, oh no, like I can't change the terms. Yes, you can. You can change the terms. And if they say no, that's, you know, that's up to you. But the biggest piece of advice I've gotten recently that makes so much sense and I just need to hear it is the person who feels like they can say no holds the cards. Yes. Yes. 100%. So if you negotiate back and they refuse, then... And this is true for anything. I read this recently and like when it comes to terms with relationship advice, I don't even know where it's all this, but it's like the person who's actually the one who's willing to walk away. This is in relationships, in deals, in negotiations is the one that holds the power. Yeah. So if that's the case, then you need to know your boundaries and like be willing to execute on them and saying no... (laughs) I use this as an example because even at my size, with my experience, with the fact that I know I've done hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales for my own brand and for other Mm -hmm. brands and all this stuff, I still get all up in my head, you guys. Okay. Within two week period, I'm not going to name names, but within a two week period, I got offered free pillows for my bed, which sounds cute and like fun and whatever, but they literally just wanted to send me free pillows. And I was like, no, here's my rate, blah, blah, blah. They said, no, we're only willing to send free pillows. And then they said, when they said that, they're like, well, you don't have to post about them. We just want your images. And I was like, my images are worth more than my post at this point. Mm -hmm. So, but then less than two weeks later, 
Less than two weeks later. So you just never know what you're saying no to. Okay, less than two weeks later, I've been offered a free bed with sheets and pillows. And like the list is mm-hmm. like really long. And so it's, if I had said yes to the other yep. thing, I would have had to say no to this thing. Yep. And while I still have to negotiate and there's still lots of moving pieces and I still might ultimately say no, Yep. you never know what the saying no can lead to. Mm-hmm. And that was just like the reminder I needed that be like, yep. no, like clearly brands want to work with you. Like yep. you need yep. to wake up. I think you found this funny when I started saying it a year or so ago, but my response to people who asked to send me, because this is how it always starts. Oh, can we send you some free blah, blah, blah. Can we, you want to pick out a couple things from the shop and we'll send it to you. There's always a, once you say yes, here are the terms kind of things. So I always say, I would love to try X, Y, Z as long as there's no, like, I don't have to post. I'm not going to take pictures. I can't promise you that I'm going to share it. I'm probably not going to tag you. Like, I'm super upfront in my responsive email if I want that thing. Like, there was like this coffee maker that was on this, what's it called? Kickstarter kind of thing. And they reached out and they were just like, we'd love to send this to you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably not going to post. I'm definitely not taking styled photos. It sounds cool. So like, if you want to send it, you can. And they're like, oh yeah, literally we just want you to use it. And like, if you happen to talk about it, great, but there's like literally no requirement. I've had it for probably like three or four months. Still haven't talked about it. Yeah. So like, if you just want a free thing, like you're like, I'm not exploring this as an influencer, whatever, like you can still say yes to the free thing, but I want you to be clear to them that you're like, you can send it for sure. I'm probably not going to post about it. I'm not sending you pictures and I probably won't tag you. So if you're right. cool with that, you can still send it. So that can be real crazy and be a lot. But here's the other thing that I just want you guys to have on the horizon that I think has the potential to impact every small business, regardless if they're doing influencer, selling their own product or doing affiliate marketing for other businesses. And it's a big change that's happening with Pinterest. And there's a lot of pushback. But I think it could be really bad. And it's essentially what's happening. And I'm going to put a giant asterisk. I love Pinterest. I think Pinterest is amazing. Pinterest has sent me lots of free traffic to my website. I don't really have bad things to say about Pinterest. Other than this is a bad move for them. And if they continue, it is going to cause problems in the entire creator industry. So you have seen this and didn't know it was happening. If you've been on Pinterest lately, you go to Pinterest, you search literally whatever. It could be, you know, kitchen inspo or a recipe or whatever. Then you're going to see your normal pins. But... Now they're showing these pins that have little dots hovering and like glowing on top of them. And they're like picking pieces. And I'm sure it's all like AI stuff, picking pieces out of the photo and saying like, do you want to shop this image? And then they're including products, which to the user sounds amazing. Like say I'm looking, say I am pregnant and looking for a crib. You go and you're like, oh, I love this picture. It's so pretty. And then you click on it. Oh my gosh, it literally links the crib. That's so amazing. The problem is 
they are not paying the creators who created the actual image literally anything. And many of those people who spend all this time creating the content likely have a link, not always, but likely have a link to that product on their website. But because Pinterest is suggesting products without them clicking anything, they're not getting the traffic. They're not getting the sale. And if you sell, say you are actually the creator, like your earrings, Mm -hmm. your, I mean, literally whatever. It's not always the exact product. They're suggesting similar products. Mm. So they could take your image Mm -hmm. without your knowledge, throw this dot on it, and then say, you know, like with yours, it could be just like earrings from Urban Outfitters that look similar or like have Mm -hmm. bold shapes or whatever. And you get paid nothing. Mm -hmm. No one clicks to your website. Mm -hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And here's the, you know, not only is that incredibly hurtful to the, and okay, I get why they did it. Okay, I understand they're trying to improve the user experience so more people right. want to use Pinterest. Understand. If they're automatically adding it on without your knowledge, you could have an exclusive deal with a brand that we just talked about. Yeah. And your pin on Pinterest now shows a competing brand. You're in conflict yeah. with that brand. You could be sued for what Pinterest just did to your image without your knowledge. Yeah. Or say, for instance, you're a small business and you hire a photographer. You sign a contract with the photographer that, for the specific usage rights of those images. It may not include advertising or marketing. It may just be images on your website. I don't know, whatever. You could be in violation with the photographer's rights and the photographer could sue you. What? Like, I'm concerned with what that's going to do. And, you know, I do think there's enough potential pushback that there could be Well, it's frustrating because I get where Pinterest is coming from because as a user, not as a business owner, but as a user for many years, how many of y'all been like, I click the pin, I like the things and then it doesn't go anywhere or I can't figure out where it's from. And like, it's just a picture of a cute blanket, but I want that blanket. So I get it, but they went about it in the worst way. (laughs) So for instance, if they want that to be a feature, I, I think you should have the ability to opt out of it. Number one. Two, maybe you are a content creator that does link a lot of your products. You should have the ability to go in and add your own little doodots and put your own product links. Yeah. Including affiliate links, even if it is for a big brand. Yeah. You want to put your reward style link in there? They need to allow that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't care. It's funny hearing stuff like this when... So like GDPR blew up a couple years ago regarding email rights, privacy, whatever, which like, okay, I get. And like, obviously there's other countries that are way more strict about it. It had to change some of the stuff in our emails, but it's just like, and the whole cookies thing on the, on people's websites that allow, you know, Hey, we have a pixel on our website that maybe tracks your behavior, blah, blah, blah. People think that that was such a big freaking deal 
and of what like Facebook listening to your Google searches so they can serve you ads. People are so up in arms about that. That doesn't cost you any money. The things that's happening here, these conversations can cost your brand, your business, thousands of dollars, tens well, of thousands of dollars. Right. So like, even if we're just going back to the whitelisting, like people could mute you, unfollow you. They could report your content as abusive. Mm-hmm. You, can, you could have your- completely rethink about what they think about you and your brand based on comments on someone else's ad. Uh-huh. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's a calculated risk, but I, what I'm seeing is a problem. People don't know they're making the risk. They don't even know that they're doing it. Yeah. They think, and I kid you not, and I, this is what scares me, is a lot of micro-influencers and even bigger bloggers, and not even bloggers, just business owners in general, because I think a lot of times it is a business owner that does have a thing, but they've grown enough of a following that they randomly get these like whatever. And so they're agreeing to stuff like this. And, you know, when they're like, oh, give access to Instagram or Facebook, I'm assuming a lot of them are like, oh, it's so they can see analytics without me having to send anything. They're not like, oh, they have full rights to my page, can post as me and run advertising to my audience without my knowledge. They don't know that's what's happening. So I just had to get... Read your contracts. Know your worth. Know your worth. And charge appropriately or be willing to walk away. Say the price you want, all the things. And when you do see changes from platforms, because ultimately both the things we talked about today, while they're big sweeping ideas, ultimately there are changes with platforms that affect creators. And while I get that so many people are like, this is why you need an email list. This is why you need a website so you can control your brand, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have rights as a creator who built the platform in the first place. Yes. And so we can push back. We can charge appropriately. We can do all of these things, but I just want y'all to be informed. So that's my rant for today. I hope you found it helpful. And if you're looking into what you should charge for these kinds of things or how you should renegotiate, feel free to send me a DM on my personal Instagram at Abigail says, and I can send you a couple of podcasts or blog posts for you to look at because it's confusing and there's a lot to learn and usually a pretty short amount of time the first time you end up with a contract on your desk. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, 
but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.